Welcome to the ZenMade Podcast, where we share expert knowledge to help you level up your cleaning business. I'm Courtney Wisely, and today we hear from Angela Brown, industry superstar, who shares 13 genius brand strategies that you can implement in your maid service right away. This is the first of 44 expert speaker presentations that we'll be sharing with you. But if you want instant access to all of them, just head over to MaidSummit.com to get your lifetime pass. Hi guys, Angela Brown here with Savvy Cleaner Training. And I have been asked today to share with you some ideas on branding. This is strategic branding that goes beyond the normal colors and logos that normally come to mind when we talk about branding. And so what is branding? All right, I wanna take a step back and I wanna make this super easy and super simple because it's very, very important and I don't want you to miss this. All right, so the very first thing that I want to mention when we talk about branding is this. A brand is something that is replicable or it's duplicable or it can be repeated, okay? So when you have a brand, it is something that is so easy to understand that a neighbor or a customer or a client or a house or an account can turn around and they can share with their friends exactly what you're gonna get. So when you sell something, it is so easy to understand that someone else can turn around and sell it for you. Oh, don't you love that? All right, so here's how it works. Branding is all of the things that you do, that you bring together, that create the puzzle piece of your business. So who are you and what are you selling? Once you understand these few simple things, everything else you do in your business becomes super easy. Okay, so what is your brand? Your brand goes back to your reputation and it goes back to the image that you portray. And it's the way that you interact with your customers and the service that you deliver. It's much more than the colors that you wear and the logo that you have. So first and foremost, what do you look like? We'll talk about the physical appearance first for this reason. First impressions do count. I wish they didn't. I pretend like they don't. We live in an era where they say, don't judge a book by its cover and all of these things. And yet, we all make purchases every single day based on our first impression. So first impression is paramount. Okay, so first and foremost, what is your first impression? I need you to get very clear on this because again, once you get very clear, everything else falls into place. What is your personal brand? Okay, now, so for me, in my company, we have a personal brand that looks like this. Your hair is clean back. And clean back means it's either gelled or it's polished back or it's pulled back. It's gonna be in a tight bun or something on your head that doesn't drop hairs while you're cleaning. That is part of our company brand at Savvy Cleaner. As far as earrings and jewelry goes, it's gotta be something small, smaller than the size of a dime. All right, what else do you wear? We wear polo shirts. That is part of our company brand. They are polo shirts with a collar. That is part of our company brand because we speak to a certain clientele. If we come in looking rock bottom of the barrel, like, oh, I just rolled out of bed and I've got like, you know, some sloppy t-shirt on or something, it's difficult for you to ask for a certain fee because what you're showing up as is, I don't respect the fee I'm commanding, okay? So we always dress to the highest level of, this is probably the, the dressiest, comfortable shirt that I can wear and sweat in all day, every day. And it's made of polyester and microfiber so that it wears well, it's color fast, it doesn't fade, it always looks nice. I can brighten it up with OxyClean. I can wear it year in and year out. It's very durable, it wicks away sweat, it's wrinkle resistant. It's all of the things we need for the brand, okay? So it is a particular choice. 
So I don't care what you use, but it needs to be a particular choice. Having said that, it needs to be consistent. The second part of branding is it must be consistent. Here's the reason why. If I show up one day and I have a ponytail in my hair and I'm wearing sweats, that is one thing. It's a first impression, good or bad. It is a first impression. Okay. So then the customer gets acclimated to that. Then the next time I come, I have my hair up in a really tight bun and I'm wearing a collared shirt. They're going to go like, okay, well, something changed, not good or bad, something changed. And then next time I come, maybe my hair is down and I have a headband on, and then maybe I'm wearing shorts and a, a t-shirt or something. They're going to go, uh, okay, something changed. And they're not judging me, right? The customers are not judging me. They're supportive of me. They love the house cleaning. They love me as a person. All those things are great, but unconsciously in the back of their mind, there's something going, something just changed again. Something just changed again, whether they're aware of it or not at an unconscious level, they're thinking maybe the cleaning changed again. So when you send anyone on my team out to a job and we all look exactly the same, what they're expecting is it doesn't matter who in my company showed up. I get the exact same service. Okay. It's an unconscious thing that says everything is the same. And so when you come back this week, next week, next month, next year, and you look the same unconsciously, they think, oh, I've just received the same quality service. Okay. So it's part of your brand. The next thing that I want to remind you of is when they turn around to sell you to their friends, they know they're not getting ponytail hair, Angela. They're not getting headband, Angela. They're getting the back and the hair bun, Angela, that is all clean and polished and wearing the collared shirt. That is the package they are selling when they turn around to sell you to their friends. Does that make sense? So it's super exciting. Once you understand the whole concept of branding. All right. Now that we figured out the uniform and we won't go through all the different pieces of uniforms, we've got lots of different training that's available on uniforms, but the key is you want it to be strategic, pick exactly what you're going to wear, be very clear about why you're wearing it and then wear it consistently. So that's the first part. The second part is the consistency because you have to be consistent. Okay. The third thing we're going to talk about is extension of your brand. What is the extension of your brand? So if you show up and you're a house cleaner and you have cleaning supplies, your cleaning supplies are an extension of you. Now you're going to go, well, Angela, don't talk to me about cleaning supplies. That has nothing to do with branding. Oh my goodness. It has everything to do with branding. When you show up at a customer's house and you get out of your car, a couple of things are happening. All of the cameras in the neighborhood are picking you up. All of the nosy neighborhoods that are like peeking out their windows, they're watching you. So are you opening a trunk and there's a whole bunch of clothes and junk and garbage and stuff in the back of your trunk? And are you sifting through stuff? And are you trying to put together your cleaning supplies for that house? Or did you show up at the house and you open up your trunk and you pull out two clean organized caddies because you did your inventory last night. And then you walk to the house with your stuff like, oh, I'm a professional. I totally have this under control. And you walk up to the door. You know what? You're putting on a show. And as you walk up to that house, they're looking at you saying, well, my house cleaner doesn't do that. Right? So immediately you've elevated yourself above the other house cleaners that are rummaging through the back of the trunk in their car, looking for their cleaning supplies. It's a little thing. When you get to the customer's house and the customer opens the door and they see that you have your cleaning supplies and you have one of everything and they're color coded and everything is in a nice cleaning caddy and your towels and your cloths are all folded. Everything is organized. You know what it says to your customer? This is a package I can promote. Okay. So now they want to promote this package because it's professional 
And they're like, this was, this was nice, right? When you go to a restaurant and you order food and it arrives on a really nice plate and it's a little bit of food and it's got the glaze on the top and a couple of little driblets here and there, three peas on the side. And you're sitting there and a part of you is thinking, man, that's really expensive. But there's a part of you that's like, eh, I can afford it. And I'm sitting here eating it, right? House cleaning is expensive. And when people recommend you to their friends, it's like recommending them to that nice, fancy restaurant. It's an experience. And so when people recommend you to their friend, they know that you're going to show up wearing the uniform. They know that you're going to have clean hygiene and that you're going to be well-pressed. They know that your cleaning supplies are not rummaged through and that you took care of everything the night before, right? This is a package they are not willing to promote. They want to promote it. You are different from all the other house cleaners out there. Now, when we talk about extension of brand, I want to bring up your car. We've talked a lot about our cars. Not that you have to have a fancy car, but your car must be clean. I don't care what kind of a car you drive, but it must be clean because it's an extension of you. Now, if you are a house cleaner, your car should also be clean. That is what you do for a living. You are saying, I understand, I implement, and I embody cleanliness. That is what I do. But if you show up in a crappy car that's dirty, that has a bunch of sledge on it, and there's mud from like running through mud puddles and stuff, and you haven't washed it in a while, it's an incongruent message. And so even at an unconscious level, your customer gets in the car, they go to work on the way out of the driveway, they drive past your dirty ragamuffin car that's fallen apart or is not well taken care of. There might be, you know, bags from McDonald's and junk and garbage in it and clothes and stuff in there. As they drive past that, unconsciously they're thinking, this is not a congruent message and they will not promote it. They will not. You do not get referrals from people that have incongruent messages from you. So when you talk about branding, what you're talking about is consistency across the board. All right, now we're going to dive into something that's a little bit different, but we have to bring it up. Cussing. Cussing. Now, I know a lot of people get on me because we don't allow cussing in our company. Here's the reason why. We used to. I believe in freedom of speech. I believe that everyone should be able to speak however they want. There's a wide variety of personalities. You should be able to say whatever you want. But I had a customer that canceled our service. And they canceled our service because one of our technicians had colorful language. And that's just the way she expressed herself. I accepted her for who she was, but the customer did not. And they said, you're a great house cleaner. You do a great job, but I have children and I don't want this kind of language in my home. And so they canceled the account and it was only $220 every two weeks. But if you add up $220 every two weeks, that's 26, 26 cleanings a year. That is $5,700 that we lost when we lost that account. So we sat down and we said, wow, $5,700 we just lost because of cussing. Is it possible that there are other jobs that we've lost that we don't even know about because of that one thing? And so we changed our company policy to be completely G-rated. And I mean that in the most lovely of senses, and that you can say whatever you want when you're on, off the clock and whenever you are not at a customer's house. But when you go to the customer's house, there's no cussing in my company for this reason. $5,700 is a lot of money. It buys a lot of things. And if you have a G-rated policy in your business, again, that's promotable. There are lots of different people that are offended for different reasons. And if you can just remove that one element off the table, all of a sudden that elevates you from everyone else. So a lot of people have asked, why do you not allow cussing? 
That's the reason why. It's not that we are being judgmental and that we want to, you know, be tyrants and we want to be control freaks and any of those things. It's because we lost $5,700 on one deal for the one person that had the courage to tell us that was unacceptable. So in our company, it's clean language as well. It's, it's part of our company brand. So what we did is we said, well, since, since this is part of our brand, we're going to promote that. So in our brand, we are a G-rated family-friendly company. And there are people that are like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? That means you don't have to worry about what we're going to say when we're at your place because we respect the language around your children. Suddenly, now that our company has evolved and we're now an international empire and we're doing all kinds of fun things, we've had a lot of companies come to us and they said, we want to advertise with you because we heard your company is safe. We heard that there's no foul language and there's nothing we have to be afraid of when we advertise with you. Booyah! Okay, so that is the company brand, right? You build something and it follows you and it goes places you will never go. Now, I remember one time talking to an author and the author was telling me that once he had written a book, the book would travel places he would never get to go personally. And in our business, this is the same thing. We're not writing books, but what we are doing is we are putting a presentation of ourselves out to the market. And then there are people that go on Facebook groups and there are people that talk to their neighbors and they talk at the homeowners association and they talk at the school bus stops. There are people that talk at work that live in the same neighborhood and they share ideas and philosophies and information about who do you know who? Who do you know who cleans houses? Well, there's this one company and they always show up on time and they always show up wearing their clothes. They're very consistent. Their cleaning supplies are always clean. Their cars are clean. They don't cuss. They're, you know what I'm saying? It's the little things that start adding up. So when you want to talk about branding, it gets really big very quickly, but here's the good news. Once you've figured out what those policies are about your personal brand, they're very easy to follow and everyone in the company understands them. Not only does everyone in the company understand them, but all of your customers understand them as well. And that is a package they can promote. Right now I wanna talk for a second about social media. Lots of us belong to private Facebook groups and we belong to online forums and different places where social media is shared. And many of us are using those social media platforms to build our business. So if, for example, you are using the social media platform and your brand online is inconsistent with the brand that you've created with your customers, there's a huge discrepancy. And I don't mean to be a stickler about this, but I'm very keenly aware that anything you say online, please stop if you're doing anything else and you're not paying attention. Please stop and give me your undivided attention right now because if you only remember one thing from what I'm sharing with you today, this is it, okay? I need you to pay attention to this one idea. Anything that you share online, and I do mean anything, can be screenshotted and it can be posted on a Yelp review, on a Google review, on a private Facebook page, on a public Facebook page, in another Facebook group, or wherever your clients and customers hang out. So anything that you say, even if, even if, pay very close attention to this, even if you're cussing out one person that has offended you in a private Facebook group. Here's the reason I know this to be true. I run five Facebook groups and they belong to different areas of my business. I get on a daily basis, 20 to 30 screenshots that have nothing to do with anything that happened in our group. Did you know that this professional just said this and they sent me a screenshot? And I look at it and I say, that's really interesting. I recommended that girl a week ago to a client of mine, but I never would have recommended her if I knew she was capable of that. 
and I take her off my list of recommendations. I don't confront her because it's not my business. It was not my conversation. It had nothing to do with me. But without her ever knowing it, she just went from, I really like this person and I've recommended her because I believe in her and I want her business to succeed to going into this file of, oh my goodness, that's really lewd. And I don't, I don't want to promote that because that doesn't represent me. That's not a good representation of me. And so I will quietly pull her off my recommendation list, going into just a bin of friends, never to be recommended again. And I get a huge opportunity to recommend lots of people in the cleaning industry because that's the space I'm in and I have a voice. So I get to share lots of, oh, you should call so-and-so. They're really good. Their customers love them. I read all the little testimonials and things on the Facebook groups. I know that their customers are huge fans. Have never worked with them personally, but you may want to give them a call, right? This happens all day, every day. And then there are people that I quietly pull off the list and I just kind of shake my head like, oh man, I wish that wasn't the case. I really like this person and they deserve the business. And I know that they need the business, but I won't ever recommend them again. Okay. So there are things like that that happen that you have no idea are happening. Okay. So when you are on social media, please don't post when you're drunk. If you're having PMS and you're having a really moody day, which we all have, right? Please don't post. Put yourself in a timeout and say, this is not good for my personal or my business brand because the things that you say, and I promise you this, the things that you say and post will be shared. They will be. I promise you that. All right, moving on. There are a couple other things that I want to talk about when we talk about branding because they are so important. One of the biggest things about branding is not only how you dress, the consistency of how you dress, the word choices that you use, the way that you present yourself online, but also are you consistent in the service that you deliver? That is also part of the consistency of your brand. Now, one of the things that we are really keen with as Savvy Cleaner is creating systems that are automated. The reason we do the automated systems is so that you don't have to stop and think. If I show up at a house and I'm starting from scratch every single time, like, okay, what am I going to clean today? Uh, let's see, let me look around. It's really frustrating because it consumes a lot of energy and you might miss stuff still. So we use checklists and lots of you have heard about my checklists, but I'm emphatic that we use them for this reason. It removes all of the guesswork. And it makes it super easy for somebody to take your checklist and the tasks may have changed. The tasks may have changed today because I got to your house and your house was super dirty. We didn't get to all the things, but I explained the rules up front. The rules up front are when I get to your house, if your house is super messy and you haven't picked up and there's clutter and all these things, I'll send you a quick text. You tell me what you want to work on. And then I will adjust the checklist to reflect whatever it is we just discussed. Okay. So there's still a checklist, even if the game changed, but at the end of the day, whatever was checked off is what the satisfaction guarantee applies to. So if I only did 33 things on the list, I'm only satisfaction guaranteeing 33 things. Okay. So if there are 50 things on the list that we normally do, and we only did 33 today, you can't call me back to do the other few that we didn't get to. Okay. Because for whatever reason, only 33 were done today. That's how that works. So we've removed all of the guesswork. Now you get to a house and it's systematic. You do the same toilet cleanings at every house. You do the same vanity cleanings at every house. You do the same tub cleanings at every house. If it's a deep clean or a maintenance clean, there's a process for that. And because it's a process, you do it the same every single time. If you're sick and you can't show up to work, the next technician steps in and because there's a system, they do it the exact same way. 
and the customer doesn't know. You all look the same. You all did the same cleaning. Everything was exactly the same. And so what they're selling is the big picture. This company comes and they perform every single time. They have a system every single time. Is it 100%? Mm, I don't know. Maybe it's like 98%. Is it 40%? No, it's not. It's a certain level of quality that they can count on every single time, right? So it's the consistency in your work. Now, when you have really great systems in place, you're going to have a bad day. And I should just give you this as a sidebar. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have PMS or you're going to have stayed up too late last night or the kids kept you up or you don't feel quite on your A game and you're going to do not the job you always do. But if you have the systems in place, you don't have to worry about, am I going to do a good enough job? You're going to do exactly the same way you did it every single time. Because the exact same way, you're going to get the exact same results. Does that make sense? So it is not only part of your brand, but it helps you and it runs your business when you don't feel like you're on your A game or you don't feel like you're on top of the world. So you still delivered 100% of whatever you had to give. You still looked like a million bucks because you followed the dress code, right? Your car was still clean, even though you may not feel like cleaning your car. Your car was clean because that's what you do, right? So if you follow all the steps, there's no guesswork. You don't have to get up every day and go, let's say, am I going to clean my car? You are going to clean your car because that's your brand, right? You are going to clean the bathtubs a certain way, even if it looks already clean. Why? Because that's your brand. You do the exact same stuff every single time. And now people are like, oh, the cleaning business is so hard. It's not hard. It's super easy because you're following systems. What makes it hard is when you have no systems and you have no brand. This podcast is brought to you by ZenMade. Now, if you need help with your automation or if you're frustrated with the amount of time that scheduling is taking you currently, you need to visit ZenMade.com. We started over six years ago building simple software for cleaning businesses just like yours. If you take a look at the site, you can see all of the things that we're working on, all of the feedback that we get from our audience, from this podcast, from the Facebook group, from all the other places. So if you're interested, again, zenmade.com and take a look at what we've been working on. So the next thing that I want to talk about when we're talking about brand is we want to talk about the bigger picture. What is the bigger picture? The bigger picture is all about how do you treat people? How do you treat your customers? Now in the house cleaning business, I wish this wasn't the case, but we deal with all different kinds of personalities. And so there are sometimes we're going to be dealing with customers and they're going to be mean to us. They're going to be mean to us because they are just inherently mean people. For whatever reason, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They don't get along with anybody. They're miserable, whatever. Okay. That's, that's who we get to deal with. But our brand says this, that no matter what happens in just a couple of hours, I get to go to another customer's house. And so I can buck this up for a couple of hours. I can clean and do the exact same job that I'm I'm expected to do. I can wear the exact same clothes. I can still be nice to people. I don't have to cuss anybody out. And at the end of the day, I leave, I get to collect my paycheck and I leave and I go somewhere else. That customer of 220 bucks times every other week for the course of a year represents $5,700 to you. First $5,700. Is it worth it to you to go deal with old Mrs. Peterson? Who's kind of cranky for me. It is. Yeah. Because I just understand that's old Mrs. Peterson. It's not about me. It doesn't bring me down any unless I let it. So I choose to love Mrs. Peterson for who she is. And I choose to love the fact that she's paying my bills. And so instead of getting all entitled and going, we're not a good fit and I don't need you as a customer. 
I very rarely use that line. And I have used it if it, there's a very abusive situation. But I very rarely use it because we're all people. And we all have the same desires and we all have the same needs. And if someone is willing to pay me for my service and they're willing to recommend me to their friends, then by all means, I'm willing to take your $5,700 and I'm willing to go pay my bills with that. That grows my business and that allows me to hire more people and do other things, right? But part of the brand is understanding that everybody has bad days. Everybody does. You, you will, your employees will, your boss will. If you are the employee, your customers are going to have bad days, but it's part of your brand, which takes me to the next element of branding. And this is across the board. Again, I need you to stop whatever you're doing. If you've drifted away, come back to me for a minute. I need you to be aware of this concept. The concept is protect your brand. Under all costs, no matter what happens, you protect your brand. And if you protect your brand and your employees protect your brand, if you ever get in a sticky situation where you have to make a decision that is outside of the regular system, you're going to default to the brand. Now, what I mean by that is this, you have a customer that says, can you do X, Y, Z for me? And so what you have to ask yourself is what would the brand have me do? Am I being kind? Am I being professional? Am I following the system? Is everything in alignment with the brand? And if you're stepping outside the brand, like you're doing something sneaky outside the brand where you're doing a side project for the customer or whatever, that doesn't protect the brand, okay? That's sneaky. And anytime you got to get sneakier, anytime you ask yourself the question like, am I going to get in trouble for this? The answer is you probably shouldn't be doing it, okay? And if you're unsure, go back to the brand. What does the brand look like? What does the brand say? Does the brand promote this opportunity? If this were to be shared across social media, is this going to enhance your image or is it going to tear you down? And so ask yourself this question because the answer is if it protects the brand and it builds the company up and it makes the company look better and it boosts the image that people are promoting, then the answer is yes, please go ahead and do it if you can do it with your own authority. If you can't do it with your own authority and you have a boss, then go back to the boss and ask the boss and get them involved. But the answer is always protect the brand. All right, the next brand strategy in our toolbox is we want to protect our customer. This is a very important issue because customers will invite you into their home thinking that you're a safe person for them to trust, right? They're going to trust that you are an expert, but at the same time, they also want to feel like their opinion is valued. So if they give you a cleaning chemical and they ask you to clean a particular surface and you know because you've done your homework that that particular cleaning solution cannot be used on that surface, you need to address that in a way that does not embarrass or shame the customer. Because if you make them feel bad or you make them feel stupid or you make them feel inferior, they're either going to fire you, but you know for a fact they're not going to recommend you to their friends and their neighbors. Nobody wants to recommend somebody that makes them feel stupid or inferior, right? It's very easy as house cleaners for us to get in this high and mighty attitude where we know it all and we go into our Facebook groups and we're pompous and arrogant and we have all the answers. When you get face to face with a customer, this is a chance and it's an opportunity and it's mandatory that you retain a little bit of humility. That when a customer explains something to you and they've seen an ad on TV and they bought something and they're super excited about it, you want to share their enthusiasm for that excitement without making them feel bad and just say, Hey, you know what? This looks like a great product. I saw the ads too, but before I use it, I want to make sure that I understand how to use it and what surfaces I can use it on safely. So before I just randomly use it today, would you mind if I go back to my office and I do a little bit of research and I read the safety data sheets 
and then I can find out exactly how I can best use this product and remain safe while using it because it's a product I'm unfamiliar with. And when you explain it in terms like that, your customer is going to go, oh, oh yeah, I didn't think about that, right? Now, both of you are back playing on the same level. There are other things in a customer's home where they're in their heads, they are comparing themselves with other neighbors. And so this takes us to our next brand strategy, which is client confidentiality. This is super important. When a customer asks you about a neighbor, it could be a neighbor that they recommended you to, or it could be a neighbor that they know hires you, but maybe they don't know them very well or what have you. Sometimes they'll talk about their neighbors. And I've had this happen lots of times where the neighbors do know each other and they've talked and I was brought in by referral from someone. Then they want to talk to me about their neighbors because that is the common denominator that we have. We both know this person, right? So it's very natural for the customer to start talking about the neighbor. Now, as a house cleaner, part of your brand is that you don't talk about your neighbors or you don't talk about your clients or you don't talk about the client's neighbors or that you don't talk about any of your cleaning customers to any of the other cleaning customers. This is imperative as part of your brand strategy. Here's the reason why. Anything you say can get back to the person that you're talking to, right? Number one. Number two, it's going to make them think in their own head, well, does she talk like this about me to the other neighbors, right? So if they say something negative about the neighbors and you chime in, you immediately have lost or broken their trust. So you want to be very careful that you don't talk about anyone. Now, there are scenarios where we've had five and six customers on the same street and they all know each other and they all talk about me, which is how I got the referral. Or they talk about the people in my company, right? What you have to do when the customer starts talking about the neighbor is you just literally zip your mouth and don't say a word. And if they ask for any kind of feedback, just say, oh, they're a lovely customer and we are so blessed that they're a part of our, our network of customers. That's it. That's it. And then sometimes they will start talking, oh, can you believe what her teenage daughter did or whatever? And you just say, hey, you know what, out of client confidentiality and respect for all of our customers, I'm not at liberty to discuss that. So if you have questions about the neighbor and her daughter, you may just want to ask them directly because I, I'm unable to give you those answers. And when you just deflect it and you're kind and courteous, but you say, we have a policy in our company that we're, we're not able to talk about our other customers or the neighbors or whatever, you know, then the customers know really quickly, oh, that's off, off subject. And so then they won't press you for those details. But I can't tell you how many times we have been hired for the reason, the one reason, this is the one reason we have been hired. We heard that you keep our family secrets, our family secrets. And these are not deep, dark family secrets, but if there's a troubled teenager or there's somebody going through a difficult time or a divorce or something like that, they don't want their neighbors to know, right? So if they hire a house cleaner, they want to know that whatever's going on inside their personal home stays inside their personal home. So this is a huge brand strategy just in, and you don't have to advertise it even, but when you're talking to a customer and they start bringing up the commonalities with their neighbors, and it could be people that live in the neighborhood, it could be generalized people, don't, don't talk. Don't, don't say, well, one of my customers, don't, even if you're not using names, you don't want to tell any stories to any of your customers at all, ever, okay? And the reason being is because they will think that you're talking about them when they're not there. Anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up. All right, the next brand strategy up on our list 
is know what you don't sell. What? Know what you don't sell. Yes, this is true. Know what you don't sell. When you go to bid a job at a customer's house, a lot of times customers will ask you, well, do you also wash windows? I need so many of my windows washed. Know up front what you do and do not do. Because if you say, oh yeah, I can do that and you've never washed windows before, it's possible that you will leave streaks. And it's possible that you will have a dissatisfied customer when you're done because you overpromised on something that you're not good at. So find out what your company policy is on washing windows or carpet cleaning or any of the other upsell tasks that your company may be very skilled at doing or not skilled at all. And if you're not skilled at all, don't do those tasks. Find somebody in the community, either through a BNI network or the Chamber of Commerce, or recommend them to housecleaning360.com. Recommend them somewhere else where they can find and hire the services that you are not good at. One of the biggest problems that cleaning companies get into is they overpromise on tasks because they want the business. They're so desperate for the business that on the walkthrough they say, oh, sure, we can do that. They've never been trained. They don't have the skills. They don't have the proper equipment. Then when they show up and they deliver less than satisfactory service, they bring the company down. And then that's part of the brand and that gets shared all over. Oh, they said they knew how to do this, that, and the other, and they didn't. And that also spreads in the community, right? With apps like nextdoor.com and private Facebook groups that are designed for individual neighborhoods, all the neighbors are talking. All the neighbors are now talking. They all know how to connect with each other on community forums. And so if you overpromise, and I'm not trying to rag on you here, but if you overpromise and you underdeliver, that is going to bring your business down so fast. So as part of your brand, you want to take extra care to say, oh my goodness, at some point we would love to be able to clean carpets. But right now we don't have the proper equipment. We don't have the proper training. We'd probably leave too much water on your floor and that would mold through your carpets and we don't have the proper fans and all that stuff to dry out your carpets. You know, we're just not the right people to do carpet cleaning. But I do know somebody that I would recommend. Would you mind if I gave you a recommendation instead so you can get the quality service that you deserve? And then they're going to go, oh yeah, I really appreciate knowing your boundaries and I appreciate knowing what you don't do so that you don't ruin my, my carpets, right? Because here's a secret. If you do ruin the carpets or you ruin the carpet pad, <laughs> you got to pay for it, okay? And it's happened on numerous occasions where house cleaners will do some fun things like they, they rent machines from the grocery store and they overproduce with the chemicals and they leave too much water on the floor and it gets soppy and they can't clean it up properly and there's, there's a big mess. Then they have to pay to have a professional come in and fix what they did or they have to replace the carpet. So if you're not qualified to do something, if you're not good at it, if you haven't been trained on it, just politely decline. And go, oh my goodness, that's above my pay grade. That's more than I know what to do, right? I wish I could do that. I wish I could help you out on this one and I can't. That's not what we do. And when you say, that's not what we do, I wish we could and we can't, we're, 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 that's out of our league, that's part of your brand. People know that you have boundaries and you know what your limitations are. It's okay to have limitations, but let the customers know what they are so that you don't overpromise and then underdeliver. All right, the next part of our branding, and this is really important, and if there's one thing that you want to really invest your time and energy into learning, it's how to read people. Now, everybody communicates a little bit differently. There are people, they want to do all the talking. And then there are homeowners that will do no talking. They want you to come in and put on a presentation. And they want you to show them what you're capable of doing. And everybody communicates a little bit differently. 
There are people that are very direct that will say, I want this, 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 and this. And there are people that I don't really know what I want. And you know, you do this for a living and can you come in and just kind of clean my house? And, and then you have to be able to communicate with all the different types of people. And so become an expert communicator is my next branding tip. You got to read books. You got to go to seminars. You got to do whatever you got to do to learn to read the nuances between the words. Okay. There are things that people will tell you and they're not true. Like for example, let's say that you've just gotten a huge fight with your spouse and then somebody walks through the room and they go, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. You just got in a huge ginormous fight, right? But you say, I'm fine. If someone took you at face value that you were fine, they would think that, oh, hey, this is just weird energy going on right now, right? So there's all kinds of weird energy going on with families, with families, kids, with people arguing with each other, people losing jobs, people being in debt. They don't have the money to pay the house cleaner. There's all kinds of stuff that happens in people's lives that when you get to clean their house, there's weird energy going on, okay? It happens all the time. And you might have a customer that you've gotten along famously with so far. And you get there today and they're in a really bad mood. You have to be able to read that mood and you have to know when to back off and you have to know when to say, you know what, this is very uncharacteristic of this person. And so although they're like nitpicking at me today, this is not my customer's norm. This is not how they normally treat me. There's something else going on. When you learn how to read a customer, and this is one of the biggest keys to success in your business, and it becomes part of your brand and it becomes a giant part of your brand, okay? When people know that you understand and they know that you care, sometimes you might say the wrong thing, but they're going to overlook it because they understand the intention of your heart. They understand where you're coming from. And I can't tell you how many times our company has been hired because people say, you guys get me. You guys understand me. And that is so important because maybe we don't. Maybe we don't really understand, but we're trying to listen between the lines. You have to be able to sense when something's wrong. You have to be able to sense when a customer is lying to you. You have to be able to sense when something is not exactly what meets the eye. And then you have to be able to figure out how to navigate that in a way, going back to a previous branding technique, not to shame the customer or to embarrass them or to make them feel inadequate in any way. So for example, it might even be a payment issue and a payment is late or the check bounces or something like that. Okay. You have to understand stuff happens, stuff happens. It could be that a spouse decided that they were going to leave and run off and they emptied the bank account. And maybe the spouse that's at home that paid you did not know that. And so now they write you a check and the check bounces and you can't come back and go, Oh, that's theft of services. And then like get all up in their business and get upset and shame them and embarrass them when it's an honest mistake and they didn't know. I can't tell you how many non-payments have come down to an honest mistake of somebody forgetting to transfer money to a bank account or their spouse ran off with all the money or they got fired from their job and they just paid the last of their bills and maybe a check to them bounced, which bounced the money they were supposed to give you. There are a lot of reasons why somebody might default on a payment. Okay. But if you can kind of read between those lines, then you can go back and say, Oh my goodness, something happened here. I know this is out of character for you. And I just want to make sure everything is okay. What you've done is you've given them power back to them to say, Oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. Please let me give you my credit card or let me just, and you, that's a perfect opportunity for you to say, I'll tell you what, let's just put it on file 
And that way we'll just charge your credit card from here on out so that something like this doesn't happen again. Would that be okay? And you can work that out with the customer so that they're not embarrassed and they're not shamed. Because I've seen so many situations where immature house cleaners will get all high and mighty and they're like, I worked for that money and you're going to give it to me or whatever. I know the house cleaner needs the money, but how it ends up is in small claims court where you have the house cleaner now badgering the homeowner who had every intention of paying and something malfunctioned on their end and they were against their wishes. The check bounced or something happened, right? It's usually a very valid reason. I don't know a lot of homeowners that hire house cleaners just to cheat them out of cleaning. I, I don't, I personally don't know a lot of people that do that. It's probably happened one or two times in a 25 year career, right? It, it, it just doesn't happen to us. And so if it's happening to you a lot, then please look at your systems because maybe something is different that you're doing that should really have a look taken at, okay? All right, and our final branding strategy, and this is something that is a little bit beyond all the other things that we've talked about, and this is how to keep employees once you've hired them. First and foremost, you have to become the company that people wanna work for. Now, there are a whole lot of people that I hear this all the time. They say, oh, I can't keep good help. Good help is so hard to find. And it's true, the unemployment rate is down and lots of people already have jobs and finding good help is hard to come by. But here's the caveat. If you are a company that people want to work for, you will never lack for good employees. People will be coming to you saying, hey, if you ever have an opening, I would love to come work for your company. It happens all the time. And there are house cleaners that are fully staffed all of the time because they have an environment that's fun, just fun to work here because they're kind to people, because they're compassionate, because they take the last branding strategy, which is seek to be heard and understood, communicating with your customers, and they implement that with their employees. And so the employees feel needed, they feel respected, they're not shamed, they're not invalidated with their ideas and their suggestions, and because everyone is a valuable player and all of their opinions are respected, and it's a growth and a teamwork effort, all of a sudden, everybody wants to be part of that development in your organization. So you have to create that so that people want to be part of your company. Because as long as you're in business, you're going to be hiring and recruiting new people as you expand. And if you're mean to your employees, or if you're chintzy with your employees, and it doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money and you have to give them a lot of bonuses. A little appreciation goes a long way, right? And if a house cleaner comes to you with an idea, Hey, I think there's a more efficient way we could be doing this. Nope, we're set in stone. This is the way we do things around here. They're going to feel underappreciated. But if you say, you know what, let's talk about that. Now you've been doing this for a long period of time and I respect your opinion. So can you show me exactly how you think it would be so much quicker? And then you say, well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's try that for a couple of weeks and see if it improves our time any. And if it does, then we'll change our company policies so that we can incorporate your new economy of time strategy. And when you start implementing things that your employees bring to you, because the people that are on the front line, here's a secret, that do this every day and they're out there in the field and they're with customers and they're doing all these different things, using the different equipment, a lot of times they'll find a quicker, faster way to do it than the way that you've actually trained them. And so when you take their ideas and their suggestions and you're like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. Why didn't we think of that? Let's do that. All of a sudden they feel like, hey, I'm a valued team player. I came up with a new idea, right? And so 
It's a great way that everybody feels appreciated and needed and valued. So if you can create that environment inside your company, you will never lack for good help. Alrighty, so these are our 13 brand strategies. I hope this helped you a little bit. I've really enjoyed spending time with you today. And if you would like, you can go to SavvyCleaner.com forward slash 13 brand strategies in all one word with no spaces. And you can download a list of these 13 brand strategies to implement. So I hope I see you somewhere online in one of our networking groups. And until we meet again, leave the world a cleaner place than when you found it. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation and that you are as excited as we are to implement some of these amazing strategies. Make sure to check out the ZenMade YouTube channel and blog to see more of these talks from the first ever Virtual Maid Summit. And tune in next time to find out who will be joining us to share their wisdom. To get instant access to all the talks, go to maidsummit.com. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.